0: Well, hello there. So, I've been having a lot of fun with looking up kind of the retro 80s and 90s. Like, I went through the music, I went through the TV shows, and I was very excited to get to the movie part and just kind of go down memory lane and once again kind of see, we'll do the 80s today for movies, and then I kind of want to, when I bring a movie up, I'm going to bring my memories of it, if I watched it and then kind of talk to the replay value. Cause a lot of this is replay value and then the nostalgia factor, right? So we're just going to fly into it from there. Um, I have a weird feeling once like eighties TV had no replay value, but nostalgia and then nineties, I think there's a lot in there that was kind of groundbreaking and, Still had a ton of replay value to this day, and so 90s TV probably wins out in the long run. Even though, if you need a laugh, maybe watch some old 80s shit, get some get the airwolf theme in your head and rock out. But, (laughs) um, 80s movies, I'm looking forward to because, once again, like I said with the TV, this is going to be wearing my teenager rose colored goggles, so I'm probably gonna have a way different view of this. Because I may not have caught... If there's innuendo or sexuality in it, I probably didn't get it. Late bloomer in the room. (laughs) So, um, once again, I'm using Ranker.com. And I feel like their 80s movie section has kind of validated why I came to this site and started using it. Because the number one movie of the 80s is Star Wars, Episode 5, The Empire Strikes Back. And that's right from 1980. I thought it was 82 for some reason, but 1980. Um, no, 80's right. Um, and this, to me, nostalgia-wise and in my heart, is my favorite movie of all time. Best movie I've ever seen. And um, I still throw it on because I have Disney+. Plus. So Ranker, or at least the people voting for and against it, have kind of validated what I feel, which... I don't need, but at least if I kind of agree with what's going on in this list, I know it's not maybe just film critics who might have an agenda or just a more hoity-toity view of the world and cinema. So (laughs) um, nice to see Empire Strikes Back, number one. And once again, I think it has a ton of replay value. It's probably the greatest movie that does not have a happy ending at all and it's just probably the best ensemble cast you could put together also and just a great continuation from the building blocks of just uh new hope number two the goonies uh 1985 um richard donner film with Corey feldman sean astin and a bunch of other kids and uh Nostalgia-wise, big. Big one for me. Surprised is at number two. Surprised, not surprised. Um, Goonies is great. It's part of that fun, campy comedy stuff of the 80s. And this one is a total Richard Donner film. And, um, yeah. Replay value. I don't know if I would sit down and watch it all the way through again. I would recommend it to someone who has never seen the Goonies before. And I guarantee there's a bajillion pop culture references to it still to this day, at least from Gen X and older. Number three, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Once again, surprised it's this high, but not shocked, right? Um, This one's a John Hughes film, 1986. Um, Matthew Broderick was fantastic. Um, Just about a guy calling in sick to school <laughs> it's it's great this one i would say uh for comedy total nostalgia value and i would say it still has a re value so it's a good one watch it again or watch it for the first time number four breakfast club another john hughes film so back-to-back john hughes he was pretty much one of the main movie makers of the 80s um breakfast club If you haven't seen it, it's about a bunch of kids put into detention and it's kind of got your jock, your emo, your nerd, the pretty girl and like all your demographics that kind of come together and create a friendship after school and detention. So um, I was never a big like ultra John Hughes person. So the rewatch for this is probably pretty low for me. But for that lineup, because it's got Judd Nelson, Molly Ringwald, Anthony Michael Hall, um kind of your core 80s angsty kids movies people in it so just to say you've seen it maybe watch it but it's not the greatest thing in the world top gun which i think has a new one coming out or just came out um big one of the big first tom cruise movies meg ryan val kilmer um one of the big 80s movies for action that wasn't a giant muscle-bound dude uh, which the '80s kind of kind of made a thing. Um, it's all right. It brought you Danger Zone and some other great music. Um, Kenny Loggins, I believe, who also did Caddyshack um, and some other soundtrack rock songs. Um, to me, middle of the road replay and nostalgia value. Considering it's ranked number five, but I can see why it is, and I I honestly do believe there's another one coming. Number six, Beverly Hills Cop. I was probably too young in 1984 to get it all. But there wasn't a hotter comedian than Eddie Murphy in the 80s. And it's amazing because he pretty much disappeared. He doesn't do stand-up as far as I know anymore. Um, but Beverly Hills Cop, Eddie Murphy, Paul Reiser. It says Damon Wayans. But I swear all he did was sell him bananas to stuff in a tailpipe. Um, this would probably be the... One of the pinnacle comedies of the decade for adults. So yeah. Replay Valley if you've never seen it. Eddie Murphy kind of ruled the roost for comedy for a long time. Uh, nostalgia. Not so much because I was a kid. I can kind of remember some stuff considering I was 10 at the time. Uh, next Stand By Me. Don't Get Mad. Never watched it. I Know What It's About. It's the old Found a Body. I think it's based on Stephen King. Man, I'm showing my lack of knowledge. I'm going to take away my old blockbuster uniforms. (laughs) Um, So this one I can't really speak on. But number eight, The Princess Bride. This one, um, Rob Reiner film, 87. Um, Billy Crystal, Robin Wright, Andre the Giant. I think this is when Andre the Giant disappeared from wrestling for a while. And then, of course, came back a villain to uh, challenge Hulk Hogan which made wrestling even bigger but Princess Bride my ex had this as one of her I believe at least an annual tradition I can't remember if it was a Christmas movie but Princess Bride is worth the watch and it's such a well-done not formulaic comedy that's just brilliant well-written great actors no mega stars and just Well done. And so I highly recommend Princess Bride for the rewatch. But to me personally, it doesn't have the nostalgia piece to it like it does for a bajillion people. But got to respect it. Nine, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Um, And just once again, Chevy Chase falls into along with um, Eddie Murphy. He was one of the staples of the 80s comedy scene between National Lampoon and Fletch. He was the man, and it's funny because he kind of disappeared until he became Pierce Hawthorne on Community, so he was gone like two decades. and was At least I don't think he was a big deal for 20-some years, but the National Lampoon's movies, they're funny, and I think they're still kind of, if you do have cable still, I still think they're kind of one of those seasonally run things, especially the Christmas one and the old Griswold family. Uh, Number 10, uh, which would be my second favorite of the decade, um, Back to the Future. Uh, Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, Leah Thompson. It broke my heart. I tried to get my kid to watch it with me the other day because I still think it's amazing and just well done. And even if it was just a one-off with no sequels, I think it would have been brilliant. And just this perfect period piece where... I think it's 85 and then it jumps back to 65 and it does such a a great job of capturing the feel the look and the vibe of those two eras and then the story of him going back and meeting the loser that would be his dad and then fucking up his dad meeting his mom I don't want to spoil it if you've never seen it but that's my number two is back to the future it's 10 on this list Um, full-blown nostalgia full-blown replay value And I will try and get my kid talked into it someday. Um, Number 11, the original Terminator. 1984, I have seen it. Um, To me, T2 is the best Terminator movie of all time. And we'll get to that, I'm assuming, when we get to the 90s. And Terminator just was um, the James Cameron stepping stone. um, Brilliant, using Arnold Schwarzenegger, Bill Paxson, Linda, Linda Hamilton to tell a story of a robot using or yeah them using time travel to send a robot back to kill the mother of the kid who would end up saving the world um and it led to many many spin-offs and other things but I think Terminator and especially T2 were the good ones and so I can see why this even if it's not the best Terminator movie it's one of the first kind of It's when Arnold was still on his way up and becoming a thing and pre-kindergarten cop too. (laughs) And just, it was good. So kind of a good building block. Replayed middle of the road nostalgia just for the classic I'll be back Arnold cheese stuff. It has, if you've never seen it, just to say if you're like a pop culture historian, if that's a job you can apply for, um, I would watch it. Number 12, which is relevant nowadays, 1984 is Karate Kid. And especially now that um, Cobra Kai is the thing on Netflix and other streaming services, um, it's become relevant again. And I've heard the TV show does a great job of um, picking up the vibes that the movie had. And so it's kind of neat because the original Karate Kid was kind of the whole, like teaching a young man a lesson to grow up, be a man, be strong, and fight against the bullies, right? And there was the bully organization. And so I can see why Karate Kid holds a pretty high spot in this, but it might be swayed by the recent popularity of the show. Who knows when the voting came in, but I can see it. Um, Once again, middle of the road rewatch, unless you're a huge fan of the TV show or a total 80s geek and want to watch it again. Um, otherwise it doesn't hit me in the feels like it might for some others. Number 13, surprisingly back to the future part two, it may be at least the way I see it. Um, it might be piggybacking off just the popularity of the first one two is okay to me just to wait all those years to wait to 1989 to see kind of, cause the first movie ends with them shooting off into the future and him saying your kids are terrible. <laughs> and so now you kinda get to pick up and see the future as opposed to thirty years back. And it's kinda neat to see how they crafted the story to make Biff the villain and just or to continue, I guess, with Biff being the villain villain. So it's good, not as good as the first one. I don't think it deserves this high of a ranking. But the trilogy I don't think it's worth the watch. The first one is beautiful to me and a great movie. The second one, if you really, really enjoyed the first one, it might be worth the watch. Uh, Next up, Lethal Weapon. This is another of the great action movies that kind of spun out of the 80s. And this was 1987, Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. And yeah, they had good chemistry and once again spun off into a TV show with one of the weigh-ins and just it keeps living like I think it made it up to lethal weapon 345 I just stopped I may have seen the first one that I remember so I can't speak to nostalgia or replay value maybe if you enjoy the TV show and want to go back but not my favorite Danny Glover or Mel Gibson thing uh, next one I'm gonna skip over is 16 candles another John Hughes film With your usual John Cusack, Molly Ringwald, Joan Cusack. Um, Just a John Hughes film about kids, teens. Um, I was 10 at the time, so it probably applied to people that were maybe half a decade older than me. Uh, Next up, Lost Boys, 1987. Uh, Another... The beginning of the vampire stuff before the world was flooded with vampires. Um... Kiefer Sutherland, Corey Feldman, Corey Haim. This one, oh, I didn't even remember that it was a Joel Schumacher film. So that's kind of cool. But yeah, cool vampires before they kind of burnt you out on cool vampires. And also a decade before the TV Buffy. So um, just to see a cool vampire movie... Um, I don't know if it would hold up super well. And it's also not a nostalgia one for me personally. But I don't know. It's cool. I can see why it's high on this list. Um, Next up, big Tom Hanks. Shocked. This is this high. Um, Decent all-ages comedy about a kid who becomes a grown-up. So Tom Hanks, John Lovitz, Elizabeth Perkins. um, Just... It's a Penny Marshall film. And I think she hit her peak with League of Their Own. Um, I can't remember. If that should be in this t- decade. We'll have to look. Maybe it is 90s. But yeah. Good Tom Hanks comedy before he got super serious. And started rattling off Academy Award winning movies like Philadelphia. Uh, number 18. Return of the Jedi. Probably the second best Star Wars movie of all time. So Right up there. Same cast. Same everything. 1983. Okay, so yeah. I have my years jumbled after all this time. But it's worth it. I know people still bitch about Ewoks. Because I think originally it was supposed to be a planet of... Uh, Wookiees, well, But whatever. Ewok toys sold. I bought Ewok toys. I would have been nine when this came out. So full-on nostalgia. Not as cool as Empire. But to see... Jabba Jabba's palace and then just everything up to the end with Endor and all that um still great I just the original trilogy of New Hope Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi to me is pretty much flawless with what they were working with and the time period the universe he created and then the actors he picked for it so can't go wrong with those ones 19, Vacation. I've already talked about it. Harold Ramis film. Uh, Once again, the brilliance of Chevy Chase in his roles in the Vacation movies and hopefully Fletch is on here. But yeah, Vacation, fantastic. Um, They didn't start getting kind of dumb until later on Vacations. I think Vacation and Christmas are the favorite ones. Euro's in the middle or whatever. But still great movie just one of those you could maybe watch it once a year especially if you just enjoy old school comedies Uh, number 20 and I think this could have been higher but now I'm cramming 80 movies in the top five Um, aliens so the second one and once again James Cameron 1986 I think the first alien was 77 or 79 because it was in the 70s for sure because I think it was even before Star Wars But this kind of... It's a lot like T2 where that was kind of... Where they kind of took something that was a good foundation movie. And made a better movie out of it with more action and more going on. And the same happened with aliens. When you have just... Instead of one alien and one lady trying to survive and get away. Now you have an alien hive and queen against a bunch of space marines. And so... So good. So Sigourney Weaver, Bill Paxson. Um, I believe Paul Reiser was the bad guy who's trying to get like someone to actually get one in their chest and then freeze them and bring it back for his corporation. Spoilers. Um, but Aliens, one of my favorites. So good. Um, next up, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Um, I can see why the Sean Connery one is listed first, and it's probably the most polished of them all. But... I would watch them in order. Um, All three are good. Um, I'm not even going to talk about the new one. I never watched it. I have no desire to. Some things are better left in their original trilogy form. Star Wars. And so this also, I think, falls into that, where you just need to put the hat down and call it a day. Next up. Holy, still rocking along. Love the 80s. Um, Caddyshack. Brilliant. Brilliant. I was only six at the time, so I probably missed 99.9% of anything grown-up or sexual in it. But just Bill Murray, Chevy Chase, Rodney Dangerfield, um, the brilliance of it, and just kind of how there were the classes of people and just kind of the comedy. It revolves around a golf course, right? Like, it's just ludicrous, but... And a Harold Ramis film. He made so many good movies, and just all these like lighthearted comedies. And the quality of the comedian back then was you couldn't go wrong. So many, like I said, just Bill Murray, Chevy Chase, Rodney Jamesfield and there's still more and more in there. It still has some of your like ultra campy stuff that might not hold up, and of course a lot of probably sexuality that might not fly in 2020, but. For its time, and looking through my Gen X lenses, it's total rewatch, or at least watch it once. Um, 23, so speaking of Arnold becoming a big thing, now we're up to Predator. So the original Predator, the one in the jungle, and probably still the best one. I It lost steam once it got to Alien vs. Predator, and then further on Predator movies. I get how they're cool. They got comic spin-offs and stuff like that. Like I think there was even Batman Predator and a few other kind of weird mashups. But the original movie's great because it's just once again, I like it when it's just there's this one thing in the in the jungle, just murdering people and collecting trophies, right? So the second one with Danny Glover is okay. I don't mind it, but after that Predator kind of gets watered down. But this first one, of course, Arnold, Governor Ventura, Carl Weathers, who's super popular now in Mandalorian. Um, once again, amazing. One of the best action movies of the 80s. Um, and now we're finally getting into the Wacky in the Wild of Tim Burton. And surprisingly, Beetlejuice is his highest ranked one. But once again, it's probably more family-ish and it's a Halloween thing. Movie, so it'll get those votes for being kind of an annual tradition for Halloween. Um, Tim Burton film, like I said, he made a lot of great stuff in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, hopefully, we hit a few more of those on the way. Um, Alec Baldwin, Winona Ryder, Gina Davis, just fantastic. Um, yeah, what can you say? Good show. Um, total rewatch value and pretty nostalgic. Like everyone knows who Beetlejuice is. I think you still see Michael Keaton Beetlejuice costumes at Halloween. Um, number 25, which would be in my top five. Um, now that I've put 80 movies in there, but this one, um, Ghostbusters. Ivan Reitman film, Bill Murray, Sigourney Weaver, Dan Aykroyd. The original Ghostbusters, I didn't like two as much, but I remember as a kid, I quite enjoyed it. But I don't think I'd watch it again now. The original Ghostbusters still has spin offs and merchandise, and I think they released a trailer that's going to be whoever's still alive will do something in it before they hand it off to the kids or the grandkids in the plot wise. Um, there was the 2016 version that bombed, so hopefully they can turn it around because this original 1984 Ghostbusters um it's fantastic it the only bad part if you go back and watch it now the special effects will probably suck but it doesn't matter you're it's the story it's the characters um Bill Murray being the sleazy guy um you can't I could watch him for days <laughs> playing those guys and just the entire Ghostbusters crew was amazing uh next one Raiders of the Lost Ark to me that should be the first Indiana Jones movie that you watch it's my favorite Nazis melt in it what else do you need um but yeah all three Indiana Jones deserve to be in here I can see why Temple of Doom is not mentioned yet though um number 27 it took us to 27 to get to the ultimate Christmas movie of all time Die Hard, 1988. Um, This was Bruce Willis's, or at least I think it was, his launching platform. He had his TV show for a while there, Moonlighting, I believe. Um, Alan Rickman, amazing as the villain. Just so good. And just this whole... It was brilliant at the time. He had to take his shoes off because he was doing this thing. So then he's running around, no shoes, in, I think, Nakatomi Plaza. God, how can I remember this stuff? But... Just Detective Tim McLean, So good. Um, it's, once again, spawned a whole bunch of spin-offs and stuff like that. But the OG movie is just the best. This one would fit under the annual replay kind of thing. Make it your Christmas movie. You, you deserve it. Uh, 28, Surprisingly Weird Science. Another John Hughes film. Uh, Robert Downey Jr., Kelly LeBrock, and Bill Paxson. So this was pretty much sold on Kelly LeBrock being smoking hot and these nerds who would never kiss a girl make a girl or make a beautiful woman. And it's kind of their story. I know it's been redone into TV and potentially another movie, but I'm shocked it would be top maybe 50 for me. But the fact that it made it to 28 maybe just speaks to the power of John Hughes. But once again... Cool movie. I wouldn't throw a replay value at it, but if you want to see kind of it screams 80s, I guess is the only way to put it. But even the soundtrack Weird Science. Um God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh where are we at? 29. First Blood. So the original Rambo movie. So we finally got Stallone in a huge movie where he's not Rocky. So I get it. It was a cool movie at the time. I was young. So 82. See, I would have been eight. So pro I remember parts of it. So I don't even know if I've seen the original Rambo all the way through, but they just kept building it up from what I remember to more explosions, more killing and just him being ruthless in the whole muscle bound eighties, um, protagonist theme. Um, I should probably revisit it i know they've done i think they did john rambo in the last decade as a reprise of it because this um the steroids have not worn off of mr stallone yet so might as well make some more expendables and some more rockies and some more rambos but first blood just i don't know once again, middle of the road for replay value. If you're a big Stallone guy or just like your full-blown violent 80s action movies, um, this this is your guy. Um, finally, number, thir- numble, eh, number 30, um, Uncle Buck. John Candy is a national treasure and always will be. Um, another John Hughes film, 89. We had another um Macaulay Culkin movie <laughs> except this time he's not left behind this time his uncle buck comes and takes care of him and John Candy's brilliant and just him is the fumbling uncle with no direction of his life um this one i to me i would watch it again if i could the music was good John Candy's brilliant i would watch any of his comedies i'm supli- surprised plane trains and automobiles isn't higher but that might be later on close to 90s maybe I wish I remember the year of that but yeah anything John Candy's worth at least one watch and yeah I don't know uh, yeah John Candy's brilliant Um, 31 the first Tim Burton Batman Uh, I just rewatched this a bit ago for an idea I had for a YouTube channel that I need to work on with kind of exactly this theme of retro reviews and it kind of holds up but it doesn't like if you're a batman fan watch it it's interesting to see because it's not the full-blown campy of the 60s and it's not the grittier almost too dark version of the most recent ones but it's somewhere in the middle and the fact that they spent what seems to me now in retrospect, they kind of blew their load on promoting Jack Nicholson as the Joker. And Michael Keaton was not super well known. I think he had done Mr. Mom. And I think so to have Batman as kind of your third selling point in a Batman movie, to me now is mind blowing because Batman's just huge. But this is 30 years later, right? Um, Kim Basinger, she was a Bond girl, I believe, right before this. So. The movie was pretty much sold on Jack being the Joker and they recreated Joker as more of a mob boss and didn't really hide who he was like the comics did for decades, right? So uh so speaking as someone who just recently rewatched it, it has I would say watch it if you never have, but well, I guess even of the Batman movies it's not Horrible, and I love the Tim Burton vibe and feel. Now, 30 years later, everything he does is that kind of dark gothic feeling. Um, so it's over now, but at the time, he was still catching steam, right? And so, the first two Tim Burton Batman movies had such a beautiful feeling and look and vibe to them, like he truly captured Gotham City and some of the characters. Even later on in the second one, Danny DeVito as the Penguin was pretty cool. Um so looks great cool casting um no one ever would have guessed michael keaton would be batman um i even think he was the vulture in the last spider-man so he just keeps hanging around doing his superhero stuff but yeah batman uh what's next let's rattle through a few that i'm meh about christmas story coming to america trading places i'm about all those 35 so gremlins This was perfect because I was 10. Um, Totally perfect kids movie. So if you have young people that tolerate older production, I would show them this. I don't know if Gremlins has been a thing or reference to in ages, but I don't know. At the time in the 80s when they were kind of finally reaching out into kind of new, neat, sci-fi-ish kind of stuff, uh, gremlins was cool because the whole like don't get them wet um, or they'll multiply don't feed them after midnight or they'll turn evil and become the gremlins right and so it's a cute little movie and it's great um, once again spin-offs not as good but yeah the gremlins itself just a neat little one-off to watch if you're in the mood for kind of a nostalgia 80s movie what are we gonna go through? Dirty Dancing, eh? Uh, ET, revolutionary at the time. Don't remember it a lot. I was probably seven or eight when it came out. But that's kind of what gave the world Drew Barrymore. Um, it has no replay value for me as a kid. All I can really say about it is the ET video game for the Atari. Uh, rumor has it there's thousands of it. Buried somewhere in California. Because it's the shittiest video game ever made. And it bombed. Uh, Crocodile Dundee. Decent. Full Metal Jacket. Um, big Stanley Kubrick film. With Vincent D'Onofrio. Um, and a few others. But. I was probably too young to appreciate it. I know I did watch it again. In the 90's when I was an adult. And then I appreciated The whole story of it. So I guess it's ahead of its time. And it's definitely worth the watch. Anything Kubrick's worth the watch. So and it's a good kind of story. Uh number 40, Blues Brothers. Watch it. Carrie Fisher, um, Aykroyd, Belushi, um, and then just all the cameos of the actual people who sing the blues music. In a time of everything else going on. To have this as a spin-off, I believe, from the SNL skit. Um, The movie's perfect. It's like musical comedy, a little bit of action. And it's just, it's well done. And those two guys are such endearing characters. Um, Yeah, definite watch again. Or guarantee watch for the full time. First time. Um, Pretty in Pink, eh, once again another molly ringwald teen angsty film 86 um fast times at ridgemont high that kind of gave us nick cage sean penn jennifer jason lee um for some reason i thought that was a late 70s movie but decent comedy and i think there's still references made to it um to this day 43 airplane um brilliant um this is i don't think leslie nielsen's been brought up yet Um, and he should be, um, just airplane is hilarious. And it's once again, I think they did a few of these and then Leslie Nielsen got pretty big and had a whole bunch of movies spin out and just, he kind of became a staple of the not overtly adult comedy stuff, but just crazy, silly, like silly, lighthearted comedy. And this was the beginning of kind of the, the Leslie Nielsen train. Like I think he had done Maybe a few things before this that's not jumping into my brain right now, but uh airplane's brilliant, and once again, it's got a lot of stuff that's probably not p c but legitimately fucking funny and it of comedies, add this to your list of must watch for eighties comedies and now we're into the horror so finally, nightmare on elm street um Oh, God, this is the first one. So this was our introduction to Robert Englund as Freddy Krueger. And I believe Johnny Depp was in this one. So I was 10. So I only kind of know the later Elm Street movies, um, like the Dream Warriors and stuff like that. And it had gotten a lot more campy by then. And Englund played it up a lot more as Freddy Krueger. I believe this one's more horror. He's just murdering kids in their dreams, right? Um, if you like horror and you like retro stuff like this, it's not cheesy campy like um Army of Darkness, Evil Dead cheesy. Um, but yeah, just some of the horror themes that came up with in the 80s were actually pretty brilliant. A Nightmare on Elm Street was kind of the more marketable one. Like kids wanted Freddy Krueger gloves with the knives for fingers for Halloween costumes, right? with the fedora and the kind of the sweater thing. I know it's been rebooted, but Robert Anglin kind of captured and owns kind of the look for that character. And finally 45 temple of doom. So that's the last of the Indiana Jones movies. Um, It's the one that I probably watched the most, but that's because I think it was played on TV once and I used the VCR to record it. And there's certain movies that because there was no rentals at a certain period of my lifetime, probably not until like high school. There was such thing as like video rentals, and so you had to record off TV and cut the commercials out, or you had to flat out get buy it. And so Temple of Doom was one of those that I think I had recorded off TV, and so strangely, it's the one of the Indiana Jones original trilogy that I've watched the most but I can see why it's listed last and if you're going to miss one yeah it's worth missing Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure once again rebooted recently um the first one hilarious um worth the watch um George Carlin's in it as Rufus I believe who takes them around in the phone booth time traveling because they have to collect people for school Um, for their assignment and they kind of go through time and they kind of make a mockery of different figures through the history of the world but I think this was our introduction pretty much to Keanu Reeves and I think for a solid six months to a year everybody in junior high and high school just said excellent to everything (laughs) so definite pop culture iconic movie um, might be worth a rewatch if you want to watch the reboot that they just did or the fourth, third one, fourth one. Um, yeah, it's there. All right. Into the kind of Academy Award big name ones. So I'm going to start speeding up here. Um, number 47, Scarface. Watch it. Um, 48, Adventures in Babysitting. Meh. 49, Poltergeist. I would say watch it if you're into the old school horrors and this one's more suspenseful than kind of blood and gore 50 footloose another one that's been remade kind of cool and it's weird to see john lithgow as the villain 51 outsiders that's kind of funny my kid just did that as his book report um that's francis ford coppola 52 roadhouse cool patrick swayze um, 53, here's a must watch for comedy Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. This would be my number one John Candy movie of all time. I have, as far as laughing and crying uncontrollably because something is so funny, this movie is one of those times in my life where that has happened. Watch Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Um, never Ending Story. Kind of, I think it's had a few spin offs and video games and different things about it. Kind of a neat kind of puppety like Muppets had become a big medium for making movies and so like this and Dark Crystal and a few other things were used for kind of fantasy storytelling for kids that was not for little little kids so maybe the 8 to 13 range and so I remember watching it and just eh. next up Big Trouble in Little China watch it I can't remember if The Rock ever did get to remake this but John Carpenter film with Kurt Russell, um, it's great. It's so tongue-in-cheek campy, but it knows it is. And so, yeah, I would say for comedies, watch Big Trouble in Little China. Um, you might roll your eyes at some of this stuff in it now by modern means, but it's so good. Um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, first cartoon live-action crossover. Um, and back at the time, using that technology... It was probably a big deal for 1988 to pull something like that off and just constantly have back and forth people interacting and dealing with probably animation that would be drawn in later, right? Plus, hey, it gave us Jessica Rabbit. Um, Revenge of the Nerds. I was 10 and that was our so I can't speak on it. Robocop. Cool. Beginning of the franchise. By the time it got to Robocop 3, it was trash. Um, but yeah, if you're into the stepping stones of kind of the cool franchises of the eighties action movies, RoboCop, the first one, definitely worth value, but not replay value. Um, 59 Spaceballs, another Mel Brooks film, watch it. Brilliant. Great parody on Star Wars and the other stuff. Um, when I was in the Calgary, comic convention there was a guy who had a fully functioning barf costume where the tail wagged and he walked around with his box of bones it was brilliant um field of dreams all right um this one just slides in stanley kubrick's the shining 1980 watch it watch it again it's brilliant um good morning vietnam i love robin williams um i think this was for maybe an older crowd when I was that age? How old would I have been? 13, yeah. Um, I didn't quite get the brilliance of Robin Williams at the time, so actually, I may need to watch this movie um, because my only th- knowledge of him was probably Mork and Mindy at the time. Uh, Stripes, once again, Ivan Reitman film. Watch anything with Bill Murray and John Candy in it. Um, now we jump to the end of the decade. Here's a good one Weekend at Bernie's. Um, not the greatest thing in the world. The kind of throwback thing to that is, um, when was it? Maybe a month or two ago. Whenever they were doing baseball playoffs and they had to do everything in the bubble, um, some of the stadiums put cardboard cutouts of people in the stands and someone on the internet, of course, caught that they had put a few Bernies (laughs) in the crowd propped up in seats. So thumbs up to them for the throwback because it was a popular kind of comedy back in the day. Romancing the Stone, that was just kind of the Robert Zemeckis ripoff of Indiana Jones. It didn't really jump out at me. Um, 1988, Young Guns. Um, This was huge because late 80s, so I was in my 14 range and the people I hung out with were a little bit older. And just that whole um, Outlaws of the Old West theme and, of course, them casting Charlie Sheen, Kiefer Sutherland, Emilio Estevez, that whole kind of rogues gallery like a new version of a rat pack in hollywood right like the cool hip young guys and so young guns was huge i can't remember the movie wasn't bad but it was just a cool ensemble cast number 67 it's a crime that blade runner is this far down another great sci-fi harrison ford i know they've redone blade runner again um, but once again watch it it's a good ridley scott film and then another Lethal Weapon. Platoon was a war movie, so that was over my head. Um, Red Dawn, Charlie Sheen and Patrick Swayze. We're going to go through a lot of kind of middle-of-the-road action and comedy things like Red Dawn, Overboard. But Police Academy is worth the watch if you want to see where the franchise started. Um, war Games, Matthew Broderick, when he was kind of at the, coming up as one of the main kind of younger actors um war games was cool and of course that was hinging on the whole computers were becoming a viable um antagonist and useful plot device because where the fuck's tron in this list maybe it's in the 70s but anyways using computers as part of the storytelling um rain man decent com or not comedy um drama with tom Cruise. short circuit was pretty funny um Untouchables. That was a cool mob movie. I think that was our first dive into Kevin Costner, but of course it had Sean Connery, Robert De Niro. Um, it was super cool, but kind of that cookie cutter uh, Hollywood formula. 48 Hours was one of the original buddy cop movies, but of course Eddie Murphy is brilliant, and Nick Nolte was really good in it. Scrooged, once again. Bill Murray is the asshole. Can't go wrong. Uh, let's just bust through a few more of these Twins funny comedy with Schwarzenegger finally coming out of his muscle bound gimmick um, Dead Poet Society once again brilliant brilliant Robin Williams once he kind of stopped doing his zoomed up cocaine shtick um, this is still considered an amazing drama um, Say Anything Escape from New York Clue I watched Clue so much as a kid but once again I would recorded it and the one cool thing about clue and i don't know if any movies have done this since depending on what area of the world you were in because it's based on clue the board game and so the movie had different endings edited into it for different areas of the world so if you lived in the east coast you it might be professor plum and it might have been colonel mustard if you lived in california right brilliant campy but that's it's a tim curry christopher lloyd like madeline Kahn, like just campy's the only way to describe it but it was the ending that was cool because of that uh risky business beverly hills cop 2 honey i shrunk the kids uh fuck me little mermaids that old good lord um uh, mad max 2 so that's thunderdome so that was all right great outdoors labyrinth um, Naked Gun that was the series I was trying to think of Naked Gun was when Leslie Nielsen was the king of the campy stuff um, oh 92 so we're actually getting some good ones again I'll shut up soon I swear um, Heathers so once again Christian Slater was just another one of those like and also Shannon Doherty a Ryder in this and it was one of those like not teen but like it was directed at I'm gonna say like sixteen to like and up for about five years, maybe early twenties. Directed at people that age and it was just kind of those um young people romantic angsty comedy things, right? And Heathers was brilliant. Um I actually should watch that again. Uh ninety three Highlander, fantastic. Sean Connery and it built the Highlander series. Um Money Pit, Nine to Five, Mannequin, Abyss, Harry and the Anderson's the thing. I think we're done um land before time the burbs splash. oh jesus why is three amigos only 106 anyways i'm gonna stop on this number 106 is three amigos um chevy chase steve martin martin short martin short i believe um phil hartman why is it listing him i can't remember him being in this anywho three amigos super funny that was at the time that was probably considered like a super casting of a movie um, might not have great rewatch value, but what do you do? There's a, some Rocky movies in here, the Fletch movies, um, Commando, which is another spin off, or not spin off, another Schwarzenegger violence movie. Friday the 13th franchise started in 1980. Um, oh, European Vacation made it in there. Uh, Porky's Cannonball Run. So those are just goofy, campy comedy stuff. Oh, Conan the Barbarian, 82. Um, Mr. Mom. I had already spoken about Mr. Keaton, Batman. So 83 was Mr. Mom, and then yeah, he became Batman. The Rockies, Superman 2 was 1980. Superman 2 is my favorite one with Zod. So that believes that belongs up there. Turner and Hooch, raising it. I'm done. Oh, three men and a baby. And then I'm done. I'm just gonna scroll a little bit more. Another Ghostbuster. Oh peewee's big adventure that was that may have been the first tim burton film out of the gates it's so strange that he started with disney back to school american table no mad max beyond thunderdome's own its own entry anyways um some of the old man star trek movies the fly oh dark crystal at number 145 look who's talking bull durham like these are still quality movies um going on down except when you get to steal magnolias at the end don't watch that um jesus christ 50 minutes um thanks again if you're listening and have stuck it out this long because i tend to ramble especially when it's about pop culture stuff so fuck the 80s there's a solid i would say 30 to 40 movies in here that if you've never seen them Watch, maybe pause, make a list, rewind, listen to what I've talked about. Um, it was a great time to be original. Um, if you sift out kind of the gung-ho, um, really buff guy killing fests and the ultra kind of weirdo campy stuff that doesn't hold up, there's, there's some brilliant stuff in this decade. And definitely worth a watch. Whether it's to see it for the first time or if you have a huge soft spot nostalgia-wise for it. Um, Thanks for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at at atKanaSavage, also Instagram at atKanaSavage. I have a Facebook page for PK Experience. Um, If you like what I'm doing and enjoy it and want to help support me a little bit, I have a Teespring shop. I have a Patreon and a direct PayPal link. Um, I will put those in the description. Thanks. And now that we're in December, have a safe holiday season. And I'll try and record more of these when I'm running solo around the house. This was—I kind of had the itch to do it on a Wednesday, so I might do a few more this week. Because um, after '90s movies, I don't know what else I'm going to get into for that. I might just start go back to yelling at clouds. Who knows? But thanks.